Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Thanks to Will Griffiths for that spirited introduction, and to you, dear listeners, for tuning into our show, especially today, because we're paying tribute again to one of Hollywood's legendary actors, Mr. James Cagney. Happily, film critics Diana Sanger, James Cole Harrison, and A.J. Hockery are here to join our celebration of Cagney's illustrious movie career, including his Oscar-winning performance in Yankee Doodle Dandy, plus many of his other films. You know, Cagney earned numerous honors for his on-screen work. In addition to that Best Actor Academy Award, he garnered two other Oscar nominations, one for Angels with Dirty Faces, the other for Love Me or Leave Me. He also received the American Film Institute Life Achievement Award, a Kennedy Center Honor, and the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award. It's interesting to note that after Cagney's breakthrough gangster part in The Public Enemy back in the 1930s, many moviegoers had a hard time accepting him in good guy roles. But, you know, I'm still not surprised that in 1999, the AFI ranked him eighth among the 50 greatest American screen legends. So I can hardly wait to hear Diana, James, and AJ talk about James Cagney. But first, let's see if Nikki Starr is ready to help with the show. Nikki, is the chat room open and ready for listeners to sign in? It is, and we're ready to go. Excellent, Nikki. Thanks to the people who sign up to the chat. And to our other listeners, we really appreciate them. And we always appreciate the participation of Diana, James, and AJ. They're three of my favorite critics, kind of like a perfect guest trifecta. So let's bring them on now, ladies first, of course. Diana, thanks for being here today to talk about James Cagney. I think you kind of like him. Am I right? I do. I even put on my tapping shoes today. Good. I have mine too. We'll have to do uh, have to do a little duet when we get to the music later on. Uh, are you on for that? Sure. <laughs> great. It's so great to have you with us, and it's also great that James could be here. Welcome back to Movie Advocate Headquarters, James. Well, thank you. I love being on. It's always fun, and I can't wait for the show. I, well, we always love having you on our show, and, and we feel the same way about A.J., also known, of course, as the Mad Movie Man. A.J., I realize you're a young whippersnapper, but you know a lot about classic films, just like Diana and James do. So thanks for joining our uh, Jimmy Cagney celebration. Anytime. I actually saw Yankee Doodle Dandy for the first time a couple of years ago, and those numbers are just still fresh in my head. It was a really awesome movie, and I can't wait to talk more about Cagney on your show today. Oh, I'm so glad you you had a chance to see that uh, wonderful movie, and and very happy that you're you're with us. In fact, why don't you start the ball rolling by uh, telling us why you think 
all these years. After all, he started way back in the in the 30s, and uh, here we are in 2013, still talking about him and paying tribute to him. Uh, well, I think the reason that uh, Cagney has been loved for so long and uh, for yeah you know, for all, all all these years is that he's really a versatile guy. You know, like you said earlier, he got famous in uh, Public Enemy, and he's known for uh, playing all these uh, tough guys. But he's been, he's been really good in dramatic parts and comedic parts, and he can dance and he can sing, and like and he's been able to do all of these things. You know, he's never been uh, fully pigeonholed into one role or another. He's always done a little bit of everything, and uh, like a lot of people kind of forget that he was uh, in a Midsummer Night's Dream in uh, I believe 1935. You know that big big adaptation to all those stars and he played uh nick bottom in that and he did a really good job i didn't care for the movie but he did a really good job as you know the the blowhard like yeah i'm the greatest actor ever i can do anything and that was only <laughs> just a couple of years after he was like shooting guys up and he was just as good doing that i forgot about that film i'm so glad that you rem- that was the one where M- mickey rooney paid, uh, played puck right Yep, and that's pretty much the big reason why I hated that movie. I couldn't stand Mickey Rooney, but we're not here to take down that. We're here to okay, celebrate Cagney. About- <laughs> right, well said. Well, uh, do you agree with uh, with A.J. James about why uh, uh, Cagney has stayed so powerful and so successful these many years? Well, I usually don't agree with anything that A.J. says, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I this could be the agree. exception. This could be the exception. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I no, no! I could never agree with him. Uh, uh, James Cagney, of course, was so riveting on the screen. I I dare you to take your eyes off of him when he's on the screen. And probably a lot of actors and actresses would wouldn't like to appear with him because nobody would see them when they were on the screen with Cagney. He was so. Attractive and so uh, vital and full of life, and he was like a machine gun running amok. <laughs> That's a good description. That really is. I, I think I got, I've got that image now in my mind, James. Thanks a lot. <laughs> But that is that's a that's a perfect example. And yeah. um, what about you, Diana? Uh, do you agree with AJ and with uh, and with James? Oh, absolutely. You know. Um, when he first started his movie career, the country was just coming out of the Great Depression, and um, what do you do when you're depressed? They they sought, you know, pure entertainment, and here was this guy on screen that was just an unf- unforgettable force to be reckoned with. And in, in real life, we can't love bad guys because they're bad, but in fiction we can because they either get what they deserve or they turn good. And no matter which way he went in every film, like Jim said, he was right there. You believed it. He was he was that character over and over every time. I agree with I agree with you. In fact, I agree with all three of you. And I, the thing that I liked about him was that uh, everything was no matter what part that he played. I mean, it was fun to watch because of the you know bad or good because of the intensity he brought to each role. And that's why I think our focus just went zoom right in. Can I say something? Sure, Jane. Yeah. Um, The reason I think we fell in love with Cagney in his bad boy roles 
is because most of the time there was a little bit of sympathetic part of his nature that came out. So we would see that and sort of forgive him for killing eight people on the street and, and mowing <laughs> people down because he had there was something touching about him underneath all that horrible, hateful nature that he would portray with these bad guys. That's a good point. I, I see what I definitely see what you mean, and he. Um, I think this whole idea uh, that he he he's known for, you know, being the uh, the iconic tough guy in films. It just um, to me, he he was more than that. I, and I think to those of us who who uh, enjoyed him so much, he was more than the tough guy. So yes, yes. So that I think that really came through loud and clear in everything that uh, that he did. And oh my, did he do everything? <laughs> I was just trying to think of of all of the, the films that I could that um, uh, come to mind. Uh, that James Cagney was in, and I know he made probably around 60 movies. And the ones when I just sat down and was thinking about this show, here here are the ones that I came up with: White Heat, Mr. Roberts, Ragtime, One Two Three, Shake Hands with the Devil, Sinner's Holiday, The Roaring Twenties, Each Dawn I Die, Thirteen Rue Madeline, Tri- Tribute to a Bad Man, Man of a Thousand Faces. The Oklahoma Kid, my gosh, he even did a Western. Never Steal Anything Small. The Bride Came COD with Betty Davis. I'll be darned, I haven't seen that. And oh, I, that's, I that's a funny that, movie, actually. That's that very I've got to see. A Lion is in the Street. The West Point Story. Strawberry Blonde. Angel with Dirty Faces. Love Me or Leave Me. Yankee Doodle Dandy and, and The Public Enemy. So that so just in you know just a few minutes, those were the films that came to mind. But I thought we'd spend some time seeing if we agree uh, in terms of what our favorite uh, James Cagney films are. So um, I asked you before the show uh, came on to be thinking about your five favorite uh, Cagney films. So Diana, can we start with you on that? Uh, and remember, sure. I'm writing the, writing them down, so we'll see. Uh, we'll do a little tally and see if if we have some agreement. But what are your five favorite uh, Cagney films, Diana? Well, Yankee Doodle Dandy is one of them. Yay! Uh, the Public Enemy, mm-hmm. Angels with Dirty Faces, Mister mm-hmm. Robert, and Love Me or Leave Me. Day. And I've got a bunch upstairs I haven't watched, so someday that favorite list could change, but that's it right now. Yeah, that's a good list. Yankee Doodle Dandy, The Public Enemy, The Angels with Dirty Faces, Mr. Roberts, and Love Me or Leave Me. That is a great list. I, can't, I certainly can't argue with you on those. How about you, James? What are your five favorite? Oh, gosh. Top favorite? Uh, <laughs> He's made like thousands of movies. There's so many good ones, but I would I would pick one that probably most people don't think about, and that is one two three, which is directed by Billy Wilder, and it, it, the dialogue is uh, like a machine gun, rat tat tat, and Cagney never takes a breath. He just yeah. zooms through the entire movie, one line after another, without taking a break, and a lot of those were shot without cuts, so he did it all off the top of his head. Brilliant wow. performance. Maybe not such a great film, but a brilliant performance. 
Uh, I also yeah. liked uh, White Heat, where he plays a oh. crazed, insane prisoner. <laughs> Terrific. Top Ma. of the world, Ma. Top of the world, Ma. <laughs> it was great. That was a great movie. Uh, I loved uh, Love Me or Leave Me with the Doris Day, uh, both uh, who uh, gave terrific performances but did not win the Academy Award. Strawberry God. Blonde with Rita Hayworth. Um, oh, yeah. The, the Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. let's see. Back to the Warner Brothers days, uh, The Public Enemy. And, uh, All right, now you've got more than five. Oh, oh, I better stop. One, two, three, White Heat, <laughs> Love Me or Leave Me, Strawberry Blonde, and the Roaring Twenties. You're right, he's made so many, but let's let's give A.J. a chance to get okay. in here and give his top, <laughs> top. That's a wonderful uh, group of movies that you picked. <laughs> and how about you, A.J.? All right, my top five in uh, no particular order uh, would be, of course, uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yay. I, I would have uh, The White Heat. The Public Enemy, mm-hmm. uh, The Roaring Twenties, and one that I'm uh, I'm not surprised that uh, none of you guys have uh, talked about yet. It's not one of his better known ones, but I really liked it. Uh, Picture Snatcher. I haven't, I haven't heard of that, that one. Yeah, he plays no. like this ex-convict who kind of ends up working for the newspapers and gets into these dangerous situations and takes these uh, pictures. And it's actually a really cool thriller, so that one I would definitely put on my list. Hmm. Oh, that's that's an interesting group. Yankee Doodle Dandy, White Heat, The Public Enemy, Roaring Twenties, and The Picture Snatcher. Yeah. Definitely I'm putting a star on that to remind myself to, uh, to see that. And um, it looks like we definitely have some... Uh, some agreement on on these. Uh, my list would be, of course, you know I'm going to have two of his uh, song and dance uh, films on my list at the top, Yankee Doodle Dandy and uh, Footlight Parade. I think that Shanghai Lil number that he did in Footlight oh. Parade with, with Ruby Keeler is one of my all-time favorite musical yeah. numbers. That's Mr. Cool. Roberts, I cannot forget that selfish captain and that darn palm tree <laughs> that just sticks in my in my memory and uh strawberry blonde i'm i'm yay that that was yeah i mean that isn't one that you usually see on favorite cagney list so i'm glad james that you had that on i thought it was just a very very funny romantic comedy and rita hayworth and olivia de Havilland were both just gorgeous and did some of their best work, and then Angels with Dirty Faces, so that oh, would be yeah. my list. Yeah, so, well, I had more response from my Facebook friends to this question about, you know, what is your favorite James Cagney film or performance than, than I've had to any question that I that I uh, posted on Facebook, and I, I want to thank wow. um, everybody who did respond, and uh, so I'm very pleased to, to read the um, uh, the pics of my Facebook friends. We have Felix Vasquez with Angels with Dirty Faces, and we we have that on our list. Trish Rodolph with This is a Surprise, Here Comes the Navy. Uh-huh. <laughs> she said, yeah, but she said there's so many, just like we, we think so many, there's, it's hard to choose. Uh, Richard B. Smart, Angels with Dirty Faces. Walter... Uh, 
Cha, one, two, three. There is Walter with you, James. Yay, yay. He says that's that's the best one. That's his favorite, hands down. Sharon Schaefer, the story lady, picks Public Enemy and Mr. Roberts. George Bettinger, Mr. Show Business, picks Angels with Dirty Faces and Yankee Doodle Dandy. Marilyn Ferdinand, Yankee Doodle Dandy, she says, for his performance. And Strawberry Blonde for the film. So there's another vote for Strawberry Blonde. Mm. Steve Mendoza, Angels with with uh, Angels with Dirty Faces and White Heat. Chris Mansell, Man of a Thousand Faces, where he played Lon Chaney. Uh, Susan yeah. Granger, Yankee Doodle Dandy. So thank you, Facebook friends. What a interesting uh, group of uh, favorites you have. But we we do. Uh, seem to agree on Yankee Doodle Dandy coming out uh, uh, with strong recommendations and Angels with uh, with Dirty Faces. Those seem to be the two that get the most, you know, that get the most uh, mentioning. But I, I did want us to uh, to talk uh, quite a bit today about Yankee Doodle Dandy because we uh, we're getting ready for the Fourth of July and. Uh, that movie, I mean, is just perfect for the 4th of July. So um, I'm going to have a little treat for all of you because thanks to uh, Nikki Starr and Demos Yanikos, we actually have a three-minute clip of the James Cagney doing the Yankee Doodle Dandy number from the, from the movie of the same name. And we have it... From the beginning, with the orchestra tune-up and the you know complete orchestration, and then towards the end, this is where you and I come in, Diana, with our tap shoes. Okay. Because <laughs> we can tap right along with James Cagney as George M. Cohan in Yankee Doodle Dandy. So, so here here we go on with the show. Yankee Doodle, do or die. 
a real live nephew of my Uncle Sam, born on the 4th of July. I've got a Yankee Doodle sweetheart, she's my Yankee Doodle joy. Yankee Doodle came to London just to ride the ponies, I am that Yankee Doodle boy. number. I can't help tapping along with uh, with Cagney every time I hear that. How about you, Diana? Oh, me too. And I, I, he enunciates every word so specifically, you know. It's just, just great to hear that. <laughs> it really is. I'd, I just like to play it over and over again. Thank you, uh, Nikki and Demos, <laughs> for finding that and putting it on the switchboard. I'm sure um, Movie Addict Headquarters will make great use of that tape <laughs> because yeah. it is such a great one. I understand that um, that Cagney did break a rib while he was doing that number, but he just he completed it with a, with a broken rib. So that's just how uh, dedicated he he was. He loved uh, being a song and dance man. In fact, he said uh, once a song and dance man always a song and dance man, and of course he just loved playing George M. Cohan. Um, in, uh, interesting thing, though, George M. Cohan did pick uh, Cagney to play him, although the role was offered to Fred Astaire first. Uh, I couldn't see Fred Astaire in that. Well, I can't see anybody in that uh, role after seeing James Cagney in it. But um, but when uh, when George M. Cohan saw the film, he uh they did, took great liberties with uh with George M. Cohan's life. <laughs> and he says, Oh, that was a great movie. Who was it about? <laughs> 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 but it was a great movie. So why why do you think that uh, that particular movie uh was such a su- uh, successful uh film? AJ, since you saw it uh fairly recently, why would you say it, it it was successful well it's it's one of those movies where uh its success is kind of attributed to a lot of different things you know obviously Cagney was a big part of it you know like diana said his singing and his dancing are just so magnetic like you're just drawn in by how he does what he does and he just does it like so effortlessly and he's just having so much fun with it and the songs are very catchy and it's got this you know the one of the big uh, themes with the movie is that, uh, you know, it's very patriotic, it's very American, you know, that's why they show it on Turner Classic Movies, like, every 4th of July, but it's really earnest about it, it's about 
it's it's really genuine and it's emotions about having pride for your country and you know in just helping out your fellow man and just doing the best you can and all the combination of all those elements just came together just so perfectly and i think that's why it's made it endure for so long i think you're right about that uh do you uh agree with aj Di- diana about uh why Do- yankee doodle dandy was such a successful film oh for sure um you know watching him he is george cohan you, you just you just feel it you know and and um, it's just so entertaining and patriotic that, you know, you just want to stand up in your living room and cheer and wave a flag. <laughs> well, I do but, stand you know, up and cheer. <laughs> I do. Uh, but I also movie. enjoyed, you know, the juxtaposition of, you know, like his scenes with, with Joan Leslie. They feel so real. And, you know, he can just change his face from, you know, this just great guy to the moon pie look of affection and, it's just it's just really great. I I agree. And uh, how about you, James? Uh, do you have anything to add on on why this movie was so successful? Yeah, I think it's very simple. It's entertaining. Unlike most <laughs> movies today, this movie is greatly entertaining. I mean, you love it from beginning to end. And I understand. Um, the reason, too, is because it was very patriotic, and at the time, I understand that the picture started filming the day after Pearl Harbor. Yes. So there was a, a lot of uh, patriotism amongst the cast, naturally, and the crew at Warner Brothers. And uh, the American people themselves were much more patriotic then than they are today. I think we've suffered a little patriotism in modern times, but at that time, everybody was patriotic and with World War II going. So I think that helped the film. And uh, Oh, it def- definitely did, and, and I was there, so I know that you're right about that, James. Yes. <laughs> and you, of course, were not. You, of course, were I, not. No, no, but... I, was, uh, I wasn't born until 1997. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's what I understand. <laughs> Uh, but also, I don't know if, yeah, if our listeners realize that Cagney played George M. Cohan twice, and he was in a Bob Hope film called The Seven Little Foys, yes. which, which came in 1955, I think. And he played only this one small part where he danced on top of a table with Bob Hope, and that's the second time he played George M. Cohan. Yes, that's right. And it was kind of a cameo. He was just in that, and I, I think he he loved uh, playing that that role. And I have to say this every time we talk about uh, George M. Colhan and Yankee Doodle Dandy, uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for that whole project because my uncle Charlie uh, was a song and dance man too, and yeah. he he played the roles that George M. Colhan played in the plays that he wrote, you know, on Broadway. Uncle yeah. Charlie played them when they took the they took the show on the road. So I I, I really have this, uh, you know, place in my special place in my heart yeah. <laughs> for George M. Cohan. And um that uh you've mentioned uh some scenes in this movie that that you like. Uh scenes where James Cagney is with um Joan Leslie 
and of course this big number here, the you know the production number. Um, but Diana, do you have any other favorite scenes in Yankee Doodle Dandy? Well, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, you know, so the the things I keep seeing in my mind is just him, you know, dancing out there with all those dancers behind him, and he could be with them or without them. He's still the star. He still shines, and and um, you know, it's just something that that people gobble up. And I just wish today so many young people could see these things, you know, without snubbing their nose at classics or yeah. black and white films. Oh, uh, hard. <laughs> Well, AJ, uh, is there a favorite uh, scene that you have in the in the movie? Uh, it's it's easy to want to pick one of the musical numbers. They're so well choreographed and they're really entertaining, and they fill you up with the spirit and everything. But my favorite like scene in the movie is is a really really small moment. I I believe it's towards the end. You know. There's sort of like the framing device of uh, George M. Cohen uh, talking to the president, and he's being congratulated. You know, he does the whole thing like, I thank you, my father thanks you, that whole speech. And he's walking away, and it's – and it, at first glance, like, it's this really somber, dramatic moment. But as he's, like, walking away down the stairs, he just does, like, a little step. Like, just kind of smiles and does, like, this little dance, this little jig. Like, I thought that was a really cool moment. Oh, I love that too. I'm so glad you mentioned it. And that was all ad libbed. That was he just did that, you know, on the spur of the moment. That wasn't part of, you know, what he was supposed yeah. to do. And it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. How about you, James? Is there a particular scene in Yankee Doodle Dandy that that you really enjoyed more than the others? Oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. I actually agree with AJ on this. <laughs> I'm, I thought, I'm I told you there might be an the exception. Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm breaking out into a sweat. <laughs> Rivers and typhoons, dogs and cats <laughs> living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> right. That was. Right. I, of course, I cry at everything in movies, so I, I, that really brought me to tears. It was so touching, and I agree with AJ. It was really a splendid scene and wonderful. Yes, I agree with you, AJ. Uh, yeah, I hope I never to do they, that. They all again. do eventually. Yeah. No, no, I, I won't do that again. But <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it, thank heavens to Turner Classic uh, for Turner Classic Movies because um, people today now can see this movie. I mean, as, as yeah. uh, you mentioned, that it is uh, shown practically every Fourth of July. So I hope listeners who haven't seen. Uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy and um, Nikki Starr. I'm talking uh, uh, about you. <laughs> she has. She wrote in the chat. She wrote in the chat room that she has never seen one James Cagney movie. <laughs> so oh my! God. She's got to see. She's got to see uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Uh oh! It says. It says she's logged out now. So I don't oh know. no! <laughs> she's not here to defend herself now. <laughs> But wouldn't you wouldn't you recommend Yankee Doodle Dandy to anyone uh, who even if they're not a Cagney fan because it is such a such a great movie? I, I'm sure everyone would agree on the panel here would agree with me about that, right? Absolutely. Yes, right. Yeah, I I I would start out with that one if if they haven't seen any Cagney movies, just start out that one sort of ease them into his personality, and then hit them with a bang with Public Enemy and some of the uh, oh, hard-hitting yeah. movies. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then they can get to the tough guy stuff. But yeah. 
Well, that kind of brings us into maybe the anecdotes about that we know about uh, Cagney. And uh, there are so many interesting things about James Cagney that I didn't really know until I started doing research for this uh, show. And uh, I didn't realize that he was a uh, he was at heart a song and dance man, and that he was discovered when he was um, on in, uh, on Broadway in a play called Penny Arcade. He was discovered by a Warner Brothers representative, and it was the Warner Brothers representative that brought him to Hollywood. And I can't help thinking, and they were making all the gangster movies, and I can't help thinking what his life might have been like had it been an MGM representative who had seen him. (laughs) (laughs) We might have seen a lot more musicals uh, with with Cagney because he did enjoy the musicals. He enjoyed them more than more than the other films that he made. In fact, he he would only run the musicals uh, when he when he was uh, watching things at home. It would only be his musicals. And there's one quote that I think is really interesting. He says um, uh, he, uh, towards the end of his career, he said, "I'm tired of beating guns and beating up women." <laughs> he says. <laughs> Movies should be entertaining. I think that's why he liked Yankee Doodle Dandy so much. Music should be entertaining, not uh, not blood spattered. So he was sorry that he didn't make more uh, that he didn't make more musicals. So uh, so I had no idea that he was just so into dancing. He even uh, his first performance on stage was dressed dressed as a woman. Uh, and do it in the chorus in a review called uh, Every Sailor, I think was the name of it. And he he actually opened a dance studio at one point. He was a, a choreographer, and he he just was that was his that was his his passion, you know, the singing and dancing. And he had quite a career going as a comedian and a singer dancer in in vaudeville. So I never dreamed that he had that strong background. So that's the thing that impressed me the most about him. And um, they they called him in the neighborhood where he was born in Lower East Side, New York. They called him uh, Cellar Door Cagney because he would always be dancing on the sloped cellar doors <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> but, so anyway, those are my contributions to the little anecdotes. So, James, do you have some anecdotes about Cagney that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, let me see. Uh, Cagney usually got along with most of his co-stars, but there was one that he absolutely loathed, and that was his co-star in One, Two, Three, Horst Buchholz, who was, I believe, oh. a, a young German star. He was very handsome, and he was very young and inexperienced, but apparently he was a jerk. So, uh, Horace Buck, Buckholz, and uh, Cagney said, um, I never had the slightest difficulty with a fellow actor, not until one, two, three. In that picture, Horace Buckholz tried all sorts of scene-stealing dedos. I came close to knocking him on his butt. <laughs> Ooh, wow, tough guy, but, emergent. But, but I'd, I'd heard that before, that apparently Horace Buckholz was very difficult and he was all full of himself. And 
he made a few American pictures, and then he went back to Europe, and he has since passed away. But uh, apparently he was not an easy person to work with, and Cagney well, didn't like him. Well, Cagney was kind of hard to work with at times, too. In fact, I, they they called him the againster, yeah. the professional <laughs> againster, because sometimes he they would you know he didn't like a line, and he would just refused to do it. Yeah, and, I think um, he knew what was good for him, and that's why he yeah. he wouldn't do certain I, things. I think you're right. Oh, do you hear the noise here, the sound effects? We've got, oh, hail coming down. Wow. Oh, really? No, no, I wish we had some hail and some rain. That's <laughs> not me tap dancing here. That's the hail <laughs> coming oh, down. Oh, come on, tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how about you, Diana? Do you have any... Uh, like, Cagney anecdotes that, that you can share with our listeners. Um, yeah, you know, he got his his love of singing and dancing from his family, even though his dad was um, a known alcoholic and 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 kind of a brute. But um, every evening that they they were home, they would sing songs, sometimes in a chorus or sometimes as solos. They would recite poems. They would clog dance, and they told jokes that sometimes they would go out to the street and tell. And um, so that's kind of where he, you know, got the interest in all of that, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that. And uh, also, I don't know if you know, but he, um, because, like you said, he grew up in New York's Lower East Side, a lot of the people there spoke Yiddish. So to get along, he learned it and spoke it fluently quite often. So I thought that was yes, and that probably came in came in handy with uh, maybe vaudeville routines at that time, too. And um, oh, I remember one something that sounded frightening to me, and that was um, Cagney said that George Raft once saved his life because uh, George Raft was known to have connections with the mob and. For some reason or other, there was a hit put out on James Cagney for something that he was doing. I don't remember what that was, and there was a Klieg. He was gonna, it was going to happen with a, a Klieg lights. How do you pronounce that? Klieg? You would know Klieg that, AJ. Yeah, and, and that would fall on Cagney, you know, and, and get rid of him. And uh, George Raft is the one with his, because uh, he's was a friend of Cagney's, he's the one that made sure that that got called off. Now, I don't know whether that actually happened, but according to Internet Movie Database, that's reported in Cagney's autobiography, Cagney by Cagney. So I had forgotten about that and wanted to share share that uh, with the listeners. Now, AJ, how about you? An uh, anecdote or two about Cagney that, uh, that you have? Uh, there aren't many that uh, you guys haven't already talked about, but uh, one uh, that I noticed about uh, uh, Man with Man of a Thousand Faces, where he played uh, Lon Chaney uh, Senior, and a lot of those scenes they had to recreate a lot of uh, Chaney's makeups from like Phantom of the Opera and uh, oh yeah, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Kind of space out of my mind for a second, and uh, I just like the irony of how uh, in real life, you know, Chaney used his uh, little. Uh, makeup devices as possible to give him like his uh, uh, disfigured appearances, but so he could still uh, uh, display like this full range of emotion. But in Man of a Thousand Faces, good point, AJ. I'm so glad you mentioned uh, about uh, James Cagney's performance as Lon Chaney 
in that in that movie. This has been such a fun and enlightening discussion, folks. But I see our time is almost up. So I want to thank uh, AJ and Diana and James for being such perfect guests again today. And also, here's a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio, as well as to our producer, Nikki Starr, and to Neil Haley for his technical help with this Encore episode. Special thanks to Richard B. Smart for his musical assistance, and to Nancy Lombardo, George Bettinger, and Angela Drake Perry for their enthusiastic support of Movie Addict Headquarters. Nancy, of course, is the hilarious host of Comedy Concepts right here on Blog Talk Radio on Monday and Friday mornings at 10.30 Eastern Time. George hosts his very entertaining Mom and Pop Shop show on TuneIn Radio from Miramar, Florida at 4 p.m. Eastern time each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Angela is a VIP and host at the Wacko Network, where there's something of interest for everyone scheduled every day of the week and on weekends. Thanks also to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. Please come back next time for another spirited discussion about movies. In the meantime, remember to participate in our ninth anniversary book drawing featuring a giveaway for four film-related books. If you want to enter, just send me an email at realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K at comcast.net with um, book drawing in the subject area. And I'll add your name to the random drawing. The deadline is July 25th. Well, that's all for now, folks. So let's call on the great Jimmy Cagney again to close the show. I'm a Yankee doodle dandy. I'm glad I am. I'm a real life Yankee doodle, made my name and fame and boodle, just as Mr. Doodle did by riding on a pony. I love to listen to the Dixie strain. I long to see the girl I left behind me. That ain't a Josh. She's a Yankee by gosh. About a Yankee, that's all for me. Little Johnny Jones, the jockey from the USA. We'll ride the pony, Yankee Doodle, English Derby Day. Jonesy's broken records, every track and every beat. So Yankee Doodle's gonna be the boy they have to beat. Sportsmen of the British out who followed his career have offered Johnny anything to keep him over here. But all the money in the Bank of England couldn't pay Enough to keep young Johnny Jones away from old Broadway If you want to take a trip, the surest of your things Have your houses mortgaged, pop your watches on your rings And put it all on Yankee Doodle, Johnny Jones is up I'm gonna give America the English Derby Cup He's gonna give America the English Derby Cup I'm a Yankee Doodle dandy Yankee Doodle do or die A real live nephew of my Uncle Sam Born on the 4th of July I've got a Yankee Doodle sweetheart She's my Yankee Doodle joy 
Yankee Doodle came to London just to ride the ponies. I am that Yankee Doodle boy. Hey.